Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? Where do I find advertisers, etc.? The answer to every one of these questions is a really simple answer. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% ridiculously easy to use. Even I managed to figure it out. It's, it's really helped me to launch Notorious POD and uh, it's an incredible service, really easy to use and the support team's amazing. So um, you've always got what you wanted and you wanted to start a podcast, then go to anchor.fm forward slash start and then you can join me as one of the many podcast creators and this diverse community of people and that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. Looking forward to hearing your podcast. Oh, I, need a, I need a drink, mate. Oh, yeah. this, the podcast started, Brilliant. and Gaz, true professional, <laughs> is now, now requiring drinks. So, Cheers. Are you ready? Yeah, mate. yeah I'm ready. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, are you ready for the podcast? Yeah, I'm ready. Splash your body in there, boy. Yeah. Okay, well, hello and welcome to the first Notorious Podcast. This is episode one. I'm your host, John Bass, and I'm joined by my best friend and co-host and thirsty man, Gary Roy Smith. Gaz, how you doing, mate? Very good. Hello, Western End. <laughs> and world. <laughs> and world. Are you, um, you're, you're looking very cold, mate. Mate, it's, uh, it's absolutely freezing, to be honest. I don't know what's going on in your house at the moment. But... Um, we're, we're going through some repair work, um, and yeah. we can't put the heating on for the moment, and it's snowing today. Um, so we're currently all Beast wrapped in East. blankets, um, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, we're also joined in the studio by friend of the show, a vegan DJ premier fan, and my current lodger, Slick Ricky. Oh, Slick Rick, good man, good. Cold, but good. Cold but good is is fine. Um, Gaz, did you listen to the teaser with Slick Ricky? I did, mate. Yeah. What, what did you think? I liked it. No, I, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, I learned learned a bit about screamo, <laughs> um, so it was quite funny. I uh, also learned that you uh, you enjoy a bit of primo as well. So yeah. screamo and primo. Who would who would have thought it? Should have called the pod that really. Exactly. About it. It was a good name. Exactly. Um, but but Ricky, that wasn't your first podcast slash radio experience. I later found out. Um, you would had some previous experience. Yeah. It was one of the reasons why I was slightly nervous um, because I, I tend to. Um, tend to go into a little bit of a weird like trance with how I talk and I get, get into bad like I am now for example <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I was at university and uh, there, uh, a friend of mine invited me on just to come up with like an album of like great songs so was this a radio show? yeah a radio show she right. was doing like media studies or something anyway and and <clears throat> obviously as part of that I had to explain why I liked the songs after each song um, I got into a very nasty habit <coughs> of coughing. Excuse me, of coughing. Um, uh, of just going, mmm, tasty. <laughs> just like, you know when they say, oh, that, that was a good song, and I just go, mmm, yeah, tasty. Get, tasty. Really, get really close to the mic and do one now. So the song ends, blah, 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 blah end, and then... Uh, and then... Mmm, yeah, tasty. <laughs> and then it just became a thing. I kept saying the word tasty. 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 But I definitely said mmm, tasty three times, Jeez. which is far too many for one album. It sure. is, yeah. Um, it's far too many for any. Doesn't matter how good it is. I no. Mean, 
tasty. <laughs> <laughs> but what surprised me is the um, the lady who was hosting it. She didn't call me up on it. She just let me let me dig my own grave. Well, none of that be going on in here. I tell you that yeah. now. If there's any too many mm, tasties, mate, you, you're evicted. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we, obviously we had a teaser episode with Rich, but um, just to give everyone a bit of background on Gaz, um, him and I have been best friends basically since school. Uh, we initially bonded over our love of, of UK garage music, which was actually introduced to us by our soon-to-be DJ, Mr. Bradley Watroy, a.k.a. DJ Headspin. Legend. Uh, absolute legend. Legend of the, hip, the, the garage game. The garage scene. Um, we both started MCing, and eventually Gaz started DJing. Uh, not just garage, but, but hip-hop and R&B too. And we've, we've basically shared a passion and love for hip-hop. Luckily. I mean, I was a, sh- I was yeah. a shocking MC. Well, I wasn't shocking, but... No. But just didn't... Uh, DJ suits me better, to much, be Yeah, much more suited to, to the DJ inside of things. I've got a voice for DJing. <laughs> <laughs> and a face for radio. Um, so, we, so we've decided to, to kind of work together and make a, a podcast um, and some, something that we can really discuss, kind of classic albums, hip-hop and, and music in general too, but also just to kind of share trivia, tell a few stories... Um, and just basically generally have some fun. Um, now, Gaz, we were in a revolutionary garage crew. Um, can you tell the world what we were called? It was the legendary Wrecking Crew, straight it, out of Harlington. Straight out of Harlington. And as I'm sure everyone listening knows, the Wrecking Crew really transformed um, the Bedfordshire garage scene in the, in the early noughties, which is <laughs> actually... Uh, Bedfordshire. Exactly. Which is actually very similar to the way Wu-Tang Clan uh, revolutionised hip-hop in New York in 1993, um, when they released their masterpiece debut album, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. Now, I'm sure you'll both agree, um, these are two monumental moments in music. But, but we But we've decided to focus on Wu-Tang, and specifically 36 Chambers album for our first <laughs> it's episode. Choice, really. It's, it's yeah. a good choice. I mean, it's very niche, uh, the Wrecking Crew's debut album. We so. didn't actually have an album. I mean, a few, a few mixtapes. Yeah, so that's your first problem. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no album to review. Put together so. in Malden, yeah. I do recall. So, we, so we've decided to focus on 36 Chambers. Um, so... Gaz, when I suggested this to you, what, what were your initial thoughts, mate? Were you a little bit concerned? Yes, mate. I I think it was one of the first things that I did was call you and say, you know, are you sure you wanna, you sure you wanna fuck with the the, the Thirty Six Chambers for the first album? Because it's, you know, for me, it's 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 complex. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's production. There's obviously a lot of uh, there's a lot of members of the Wu Tang Clan, so they've all got their own story. They're all from different areas, different backgrounds all with great solo careers to analyse, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a big one to take on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me as well, it's it's a, it's an original hip-hop album. It's an original classic from 1993. So, you know, it's <laughs> I was eight years old. You yeah. were eight years old. You know, I think you said earlier, mate, we were like the, the you know, we, we got it secondhand Basically. really. And, and, you know, it's a difficult one for for us to take on straight off the bat. But, you know, looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. Well... As you said there, it's a very complex album. It's very detailed. Um, I didn't want to shy away from that, um, mainly because I'd already recorded the promos for it. Sure, yeah. You were knee deep. Yeah, I didn't really want to go back and go, oh, it turns out we decided it's too complicated, so we're doing something else. <laughs> um, but no, it is a complex album, so we've actually got a feature that we're going to be using for every um, every episode, um, which basically goes through some of the details, some of the stats and figures and stuff of, of the album. Um, I, I played around with a few different names. Rap Stats was the first one I went for, mm. but I thought it was a bit weak. So we've settled on Murder Statistics. Makes sense. Yeah, which I think sounds sounds <laughs> cool. Explanatory. Sounds cool. Um, and essentially, we take the statistics and we murder them by just giving them so much detail. So um, you're now going to hear the Murder Statistics for Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers. 
These are your murder statistics for Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. It was the debut studio album by the American hip-hop group Wu-Tang Clan, released on November 9th, 1993 on Loud Records and distributed through RCA Records. Recorded sessions for the album took place during 1992 to 1993 at Firehouse Studios in New York City, and it was all mastered at the Hip Factory. Despite its now legendary status, the album had surprisingly poor initial chart success, only peaking at 41 on the US Billboard 200 chart, in the process selling 30,000 copies in its first week. By 1995, it was certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America and has gone on to sell over 2 million copies in the United States. Initially receiving positive reviews from most music critics, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers is widely regarded as one of the most significant albums of the 1990s, as one of one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. It stands at 61 minutes and 31 seconds in length and produced four singles. Protect Your Neck, released in December 14th, 1992. Method Man, released August 3rd, 1993. Cream, released January 31st, 1994. And Can It All Be So Simple, February 22nd, 1994. Now the group is made up of nine members. RZA, who produced the album. Jizza. Master Killer, Inspector Deck, Raekwon the Chef, Method Man, ODB, Ghostface Killer, and You God. And the title of the album actually comes from the group's nine members, each of whom has four chambers in their heart. So four chambers per member, nine members, which makes 36 chambers. Those were your murder statistics, son. Peace. Okay, so what do you think about that feature, lads? Very good, mate. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, some interesting facts in there. I think it's one of those where um, when you like, you know an album, and then when you actually start looking at it online, looking up facts and stats and stuff, you start to actually realise that your perception of it, like 25 years later, yeah. is different to what it was when it came out. So why did it chart so low then? What do you think? I don't know, mate. I think, like, again, like you said earlier, reading up about hip-hop at that time, because obviously we didn't live through it, being in Bedfordshire and being five or where we were um, I think the scene at that time was edging towards like the west coast were having a lot more dominance so like Dre the Chronic was just, just ripping it up and basically west coast production in terms of that smooth sound was really dominating and I, and I guess just like it was a bit of a shock to the system and it's maybe only over time where it kind of started to change the landscape over the next two or three years yeah. that maybe people started to buy it there's a lot of good stuff around then as well yeah well that's the thing isn't it it's kind of yeah. in the middle of the golden era yeah. of hip hop so it's up against a lot of competition I, I was very shocked to see it so low given the fact that it was the, you know, like the first one you, you guys had picked to do I thought yeah. it would have been but then uh, smashing impact from day one it's but... pretty niche isn't it Let's yeah it's niche I guess it's one of them like if you <clears throat> if you think about the way music is now like hip hop is just like mainstream genre mm. but then it was still kind of like very much you had to know about it and it was a bit more niche it certainly wasn't in like the kind of popular culture that it yeah, is yeah, it is now yeah it's so very easy to look back with your with the current like idea of what hip hop is yeah exactly that to that time mm. yeah exactly so I, I guess it's just it's just the way that like hip hop's become mainstream that we now consider it like I was saying earlier Drake releases a song and it's like a massive smash all around the world no hip hop artist in the nineties was really having that level of success. Even yeah. the ones that were selling big numbers weren't doing big numbers in comparison to today. Mm, they just yeah. weren't. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Maybe that just says more about yeah. where music was at the time because that was considered quite a successful album. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, I think it was it was really interesting as well. The signings, you know, that uh, was was made um, 
as far as the label was concerned yeah. and what what it was released on in the end because you had a lot of you had a lot of members of the of the, of the Wu Tang Clan. How were you going to pay them all? You know, yeah. how were you going to split the cost and pay them all? You know, it was, it, was, mm. it was difficult. You had so many people involved in that, and I think you know they all wanted to have an equal split uh, as well. And you know, it's uh, it makes it even more interesting. They eventually got their break, and uh, you know, were signed. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you think about that, those amount of record sales, and like how much like a solo artist would get based on that yeah if you think about all of them as a group and you divide those numbers it's not yeah, exactly. that much is it no it's not so no. i guess for them luckily it didn't cost much to make the album true well I, I was saying to guys earlier i read this um basically article about like stats you might not know about the album mm-hmm. just like when we we're doing research for the pod and uh one of the tracks so protect your neck was the first single um it cost them 300 dollars to record that song but they actually paid the guy in the studio in quarters <laughs> so it's like the equivalent of playing in like 50p's I like 20p's it's just so ghetto it's fucking brilliant absolutely love that um, okay well look I want to start like getting into this a little bit more so do you want to tell us like your kind of early memories of, of hearing the album I was saying kind of in in the kind of introduction um, previously in some of the teaser episodes my kind of early memories were just hearing my brothers play it and just like being a little bit frightened of it mm. if I'm being honest yeah, like sure. it was really dark and like grimy and it's very like yeah just kind of the way it's produced is kind of very like dull and just like kind of a little bit basic it's angry not, yeah it's, it's angry it's just angry you no know, exactly so what it's were your, scary it's scary music to be honest what were your early memories of it mate um same as you mate my my older pretty much my older brother uh my stepbrother um you know he had a very good uh hip-hop collection mm. i think it probably from the same uh same age as your brothers actually i think yeah round about the same very good um, hip hop collection on CD, and uh, he had the Thirty Six Chambers, and it was one of them, you know, dusty old shelf, you know, uh, load of load of quality hip hop albums on there, and uh, I used to pretty much go through them and and listen to them, um, and you know, record on record them, put them on cassette, listen to them in my Corsa, that sort of stuff. <laughs> the and, the um, classic blue Corsa. Guys had this like amazing done up car. Like, mm. do you remember oh, when like what was it called? Not is it cruising? Yeah, yeah, cruising. Yeah, it was like those sort yeah. of cars where it had like skirts and like. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. It car, was. Though. It was one. It. it was. It was one liter that that was what really let it down. <laughs> but it did have color coordinated door handles. It did. That yeah. was you know that was. It, the it was a night like when you're like eighteen and your mates got that. You think yeah, you're an central absolute well. G. Yeah, yeah. central locking. <laughs> Didn't have a key to open yeah. it. But, um, it, it was boss. It was amazing. Uh, and it, anyway, back back to the album. It was like you know that was what that was what really um uh led me to the album was his hip hop collection. Yeah. And um, you know, he, he just had he had everything, you know, he had like an awesome um like Denon like C D player and stuff and I, I remember like always him always playing these classic hip hop yeah, yeah. albums and you know that was one of the things and then obviously our love for our love for it mate. You yeah, know, yeah. Like obviously listening to garage and urban music and then eventually moving on to hip hop and that was one of the first ones that really you identified. I think you downloaded it on uh, iTunes or something. No, like I bought that, I bought it or... I bought it in C D in H and V and a two for one. Quality. And the other album I bought couldn't be more of a contrast. It was D'Angelo's Brown Sugar. <laughs> so you know, you just you're playing those two albums and you start yeah, off with yeah. a bit of like D'Angelo and you're like getting smooth, like you gotta go around. You're like you oh, do you wanna come around and watch a DVD? Oh no, I just put on D'Angelo now, just just chill out. 
So you got that on, and then you're like, oh, I might have a little listen to this Wu Tang album. Not and when the girls just, are out. Not no, when the girls wait, are out. Wait until no, she goes. No, and I wanna, mean, yeah. things, things are going to start getting vicious then. No, mean, let's be honest. No, that's true. So, yeah, so I mean, you know, that was like something that I know we, we kind of both identified with around the same sort of time when we were a little bit yeah. older, and we both were like, this album's like fucking incredible. But I never really. Okay, so it's it's a great album, it's a classic, but I never really loved it from 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 the kickoff, to be honest. Which is fair enough, I think. I think it's hard to like love it because it's not easy to listen to. Yeah, it's, it's more of a case of appreciating it. Yeah, for totally, what it is. totally. And you know, you 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 appreciate it for what it is, which is a classic. But you know, for me, the 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 production, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, definitely. And what your, what's your favorite track, mate, from the from the album? Um, well, I I have I have a couple. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my second favorite first off is definitely uh, Method Man, M E T H O D Man, um, mainly mainly because there's a there's a couple of lush things in there the piano loop sample um, from the Rizzo just sounds awesome, um, and I I love piano loops a hell of yeah. a lot, um, so you know whenever there's a piano loop over a you know over a very rough beat you know, a rolling bass line, then, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm all over that. So I love it. Um, and it, it's probably a clue as well to my favourite Wu-Tang member. Um, yeah. You know, it's definitely Method Man. And and this record as well, I, I, in preparation for, for the podcast, um, I, I lo- looked at a couple of YouTube clips, yeah. uh, live performances from the Wu-Tang, and uh, it was amazing because, you know, they were saying about how it used to just blow apart like just completely smash parties this yeah, particular yeah. And, and Method Man himself like absolutely hated it that kind of it's quite interesting like it makes me oh, think really? yeah he, he really didn't like it um, oh, wow. he was basically like saying you know because it's because it's only him on the track he believes that you know he could have made it better he's his own worst critic and right, stuff like okay. that so it's quite interesting um, but this this track as a as a beat it's just got everything and um, his his style his content um, it's just got everything for me, so yeah. that's my second favorite. But my first favorite just has to be uh, Cream Cash Rules, everything yeah. around me, which which is also like an absolute like just general hip hop classic, which I think a lot of people would kind of identify with it as like the seminal single from this album. Yeah, just because like it's so it's almost become like kind of pop culture ish. Like everybody knows it. Like the kind of Cash Rules, everything around me element of it is just like quite famous. It's genius. I mean, yeah. you know, it's absolute genius. It's the sample, you know, which is actually one of my favourite songs. Um, uh, the the original that was used, but is it the Charmels? The Charmels, yeah. Charmels, Charmels. yeah. And um, you know that that song itself is really really good. And uh, for the RZA to take it and and uh, use it on on Thirty Six Chambers, he doesn't actually sample that much on on this album, really. You know, a lot of it's yeah. original, and then he uses this as a sample. Not only on this track, but it's in other places on the yeah. on the thirty six chambers. And for me, it's just it's it's absolutely per- it's a masterpiece. You know, it really, yeah, it really is a masterpiece. No, such a great such a great song. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, basically, protect your neck was always my favorite, just because it's the most aggressive track by mm. some way. Yeah, and just the energy for me is just absolutely like so powerful and like it's something that when I hit like as soon as I hear it like I just if I'm driving I think I put a lot of other drivers in danger <laughs> because I'm just like I'm so fucking hype and I'm just like swerving around yeah it's not and, like, good mate and I feel like everyone like, all, every single member is just like completely on point and absolutely just 
just smashing it and I, I kind of just feel like to me that that's like I mean yeah Cream, Cream is amazing like that's the, the track that first kind of attracted me to the album I think yeah but then this is just so powerful that I just think it's like it's amazing and I think it's one of those ones where yeah it just it just draws me in basically yeah, sure, it's the yeah. energy I think as much as anything yeah um, no I, I get that definitely get that again it's 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 so aggressive for me it's just like it's incredible don't get me wrong but you know that's why it, I, for me um, Cream it's just got that rolling um, yeah. you know almost feel good vibe and also it's you know it's coming from from nothing to something you know you might think that oh because it says cash rules everything around me it's a little bit flashy kind yeah, of, yeah. It, but but you know the point is is we we want to we want to better ourselves like we want to get from from here to there and yeah. you know I really like that and I think it's indicative of where they were in their careers at that point and that point in time yeah definitely i read a lot of articles about um like ghostface basically used to um steal cans to like food basically because they were quite poor even yeah. when this album was like being made and stuff and um yeah he used to wear like a massive jacket and then basically go into shops and just fucking stuff like cans of food into his jacket <laughs> and try and like get out that way yeah um but rich like i know um i know obviously wu-tang and this this particular album are not like high on your personal list and stuff <laughs> but like i obviously play it a lot around the house and and you know i'm a big like wu-tang fan but like sure. what, what's your kind of like overall impressions of of the group and this album because I played it like a couple of yeah. weeks ago on vinyl and we were kind of listening to it then. I think um, it's kind of the same for a lot of a lot of the stuff that you play around the house as well and hip hop in general. But um, the the few albums I have listened to, the few songs from this album that I have listened to, if you aren't really paying attention to the lyrics, I think you lose a lot of. Yeah. It. And I, from the music I'm used to listening to. I focused used to focus a lot more on the the, the music, the guitar, the drums, mm. the bass. Yeah, but yeah. actually, there's a whole other layer, which if you're not on it mentally and thinking about mm. what what does he actually mean by sure. these words, you you lose it, and uh, it's quite hard to get used to paying yeah. attention sure. to the meaning behind it. But, but it's, it's yeah. good when you do. It's, it's rewarding, but it yeah. it's a different skill almost. Definitely, and I think it's interesting you. You said in the um, teaser episode that we did that you, you really like Premiere and you were kind of saying about like the rhythmic element of his production. Yeah. And I kind of think that's quite true because you can just kind of like enjoy his music <clears throat> and the lyrics, like, depending on your kind of persuasion, they can also be interesting, but you can just like nod along to a preem beat and just yeah. really yeah, enjoy definitely. it. Yeah. Whereas I think with Riz's production, is so edgy and gritty that it builds like a soundscape for the lyrics. Yeah. Like, and the lyrics are really like the centrepiece. So without okay. that, it's not that fun to listen to. It's very, right. com it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, to listen to the whole piece is uh, really yeah. good. And the language used is so, you know, I mean, Staten Island is so, it's so New York. It's Slangy, so, it's so rough and ready. To be honest, if you can understand the language on on Thirty Six Chambers, you, you're pretty much fine with uh, with hip hop. Full stop. To yeah, be fair. It's, exactly. It's rough and ready, and you know, raw and aggressive, and. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good entry point to kind of understanding hip hop yeah. slang. Yeah. I imagine there'd be a lot of times where I'd have to pause it and be like, John, what, 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 <laughs> what did he mean? Yeah. Can you translate? Yeah. Who yeah. are the Jakes? <laughs> yeah, they're the police, Richard. Oh. Um, okay, so. <laughs> Genuinely didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, you mentioned Method Man, Gaz, is your favourite yeah. member. Um, Ricky, do you, do you have a favourite member of Wu Tang Clan? I don't imagine you do. You, do you? can't say Method Man now. Either, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, funny you should say no. Um, Big Baby Jesus. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, no. Fair enough. Who, 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 the producer. Can you go through them? So you've got Rizza, 
who like I quite like Rizzo. I listened to a few of his stuff, just not of this album. Yeah, yeah. Because, so, but yeah, because I guess like from from him, because I sent you some other the stuff. suggestions. Yeah, like, on Spotify. Like um, so you have got Rizzo, um, Ghostface Killer, Ghostface Killer, Jizzer the Genius. Which actually, I did play some of his stuff the other day, and you said you said to me that you liked it. Amazing. Okay. Um, Inspector Deck is on Inspector that um, Above the Clouds mm. DJ Premier uh, track that you like. Yeah. Ah, very cool. And also, he yeah. does that. Um, He's on Cream. Zarface, uh, Scarface thing, which is like quite rocky instrumentals. Right. Inspector Deck, uh, Raekwon, Meth Man, ODB, Ghostface, Killer, You God. Yeah. Did I miss anyone? Master Killer, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, pick one. Just say ODB because he's fucking he's hilarious. Amazing. <laughs> um, OD, ODB was oh, is so tough for me. I mean, Method Man. I just had to say Method Man, mainly because of involvement in the Wire. To be fair, but, yeah, cheese, <laughs> cheese, <laughs> cheese from the Wire. But he's also he's a really good actor in that. By the way, yeah, he's good. He's in brilliant. That. He's really good in that. Um, but I just I just had to say Method Man. But ODB, ODB is just incredible. Yeah, absolutely I'd, incredible. I don't know if I have like an outright favorite. And I know it sounds a bit of a cop out, but I kind of feel like it's it's the clash of the styles that makes it work. Like Raekwon and Jizz are very like lyric orientated, and like it's the concept that they're they're talking about, which is amazing. Mm. And yeah. ODB is like just pure style. Yeah. Like it's it's very much style over substance, right. but it seems like really organic with him. Yeah. And it's like when you're hearing that clash of styles, that to me is what makes it fucking amazing yeah sure so I don't know if I have one that I'd be like oh they're the pinnacle I see, I've seen Raekwon live and he was so fucking good and mm. he was doing like everyone's parts and he's so professional and I've like heard from a lot of people that he's just like a constant professional and a really nice person mm. as well so I kind of if you pushed me I'd say probably Ray but are we just... talking are we talking about the favourite in terms of their 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 context within the Wu-Tang Clan or as well as their just, just their, their solo careers because you know if we're talking about you know solo careers after the Wu-Tang then you know, it becomes story. interesting you know? yeah exactly no I guess, I guess it's everything but um I mean Old Dirty Bastard uh, was with um with Mariah Carey on yeah yeah exactly I mean that's what I mean this about amazing just the clash of, of style. That's what makes him amazing. Who was singing? Yeah, like true impression. That's good. Thanks, mate. It's all right, isn't it? I am also an old day bastard. So <laughs> sure, it works makes perfectly. Sense. Um, okay, well now we're gonna change gears a little bit, and um, we've got an interview basically with a friend of the show, uh, Corey Barrett from the Creative Collective Curious Boys Club. Um, he actually makes a really embarrassing admission about his first ever vinyl, and he also explains his amazing commitment to uh, the one and only Raekwon the Chef. So we're gonna hear that now. Hi, Corey. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm good. I'm excited about this uh, this new little interview feature that we've got going on. So we'll see how it uh, how it works out. You can you can hear me all right there. I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. You're clear. Good, loud and clear. Perfect. Well, just to um, just to bring everyone who's listened to this up to speed, um, Corey is the the founder of the Creative Collective, the Curious Boys Club. Um, Corey, did you just want to kind of tell everybody a little bit about it and, and how it came about and all the rest of it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, basically, it's just a group of boys that are just getting together, having a laugh, sharing stories, sharing ideas, creativity, trying to spark each other's influences and seeing what, what can happen. You know, I think together people can kind of create great ideas. And I think it's just about sharing those ideas and having a bigger voice collectively than individual 
Yeah, which is quite cool because I know um, some of the people involved come from sort of various different backgrounds, so kind of fashion and, and music and, and that sort of stuff. And um, tell us a little bit about kind of your career and, and your background in terms of kind of where you're coming from, from the creative side of things. So I come all over, really. I mean, I studied graphic design at university, kind of went into, fell out of retail, fell into retail, sorry, and then started working from there, visual merchandising, designing windows, dressing, styling, for serving in terms of photography, uh, graphics works, a bit of everything, really. Yeah. It's kind of taken me all over, the, all over the world, seeing different things, and that's kind of opened my mind up a little bit to the possibilities of what's out there. Yeah. And that's why I think the Curious Boys exist, because of the curiosity that I have had going and seeing the different cultures and what's around the world, not just, you know, where I grew up in a small city. Yeah, definitely. No, that's that's one of the things I think is um, really interesting about it, is, um, in terms of creativity, is, is music. Um, and just, just to give us a little bit of background on kind of your musical taste and, and, and history and that sort of thing. What was your kind of growing up? What was your introduction to music um, in terms of like, you know, what was being played around the house when you were growing up? So it was always, always Motown. Always. Yeah. Mom was huge Marvin Gaye fan. So it was always kind of a soul, soulful Motown. Bob Marley as well. Just kind of pick up the Jamaican vibe, Caribbean roots. Um, yeah. My stepdad was into meatloaf <laughs> wow so that's like that is quite a clash of uh of styles and sounds i guess completely complete <laughs> complete clash and pretty scary actually because i think mm. i just went i went straight south of all of that pop god knows why wow i mean i yeah, think yeah. my first my first vinyl was kylie minogue Wow, that is quite an admission. Did I, did I say that loud? Did I say that loud? <laughs> L- luckily for you, Corey, at this stage we have quite a low listenership, so you should be <laughs> all right. It's, it's probably quite a limited exposure um, in terms of that that shocking admission, but um, should be all right. Should be all right. So when did you? So being a being a kind of at that stage in your life, being a kind of pop fan, at, at what point in your life did, did hip hop come into your kind of world, and and when when did that really kind of strike you? I think. It was, God, I was watching. Like for me, watching yeah, because like for me, it's, it's one of those things where having older brothers, they kind of influenced me to kind of be like playing it around the house, and I would, I'd kind of hear it coming from their bedroom, and it always be kind of like interesting to me to what it was, yeah. and then I found it more of an interest for myself later down the line. But yeah, just kind of interested to see if there was like a, a certain point, or whether whether it was kind of something that just grew naturally, kind of in your in your music taste? I think it was probably out of sheer embarrassment that I liked pop music when I went to start going to <laughs> secondary school and, stuff and not being able to say to my friends that I really like pop music. Yeah. So I kind of found myself gravitating to a little bit more urban streets. Um, and I remember one of the first tapes that I brought was De La Soul. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Three Feet High and Rising. Just used to listen to that on repeat, having to sit there, winding it back with a pencil just to make sure because it, it got chewed up in my Walkman. Yeah, yeah. Real old school. So then I saw it was probably one of the first albums that, and it just kind of grew from there in terms of the style. And it was always that, I think maybe because that's a little bit more me, a little bit geeky. 
know, yes, yeah, that's why I can relate to that. I can relate to Della Sol a little bit, you know, not just being a stereotypical kind of black guy with like into hardcore hip hop and all that kind of stuff, and you know, angry rap that was around as well at the time and stuff. So it's, I kind of fell into that geeky, geeky hip hop mold. So the fast yeah. like Della Sol. Like tribe and tribe, like the them, native yeah. tongues, kind of yeah, yeah. Which I think is interesting because I think for a lot of people that whole kind of like native tongues side of hip hop, like the Afrocentric side, and and the kind of more deep and thoughtful, you know, like Soulquarians, like Common, yeah. and Diller, and that side of where they're they're talking a little bit more consciously. I think that resonates with a lot of people, and I think. Um, in terms of the different styles of hip-hop, I think everybody who likes hip-hop appreciates the different forms, so kind of like the, the West Coast gangster rap to, you know, the East Coast kind of, you know, mafioso drug rap. But there's so many different elements that can be enjoyed, and it's, it's interesting to kind of see which bit draws people in first. So it's interesting that kind of De La Soul was was your first kind of route into it, really. Yeah. Um, but in terms of when we were talking about kind of influential hip hop groups, as you know, our first episode is going to be focusing on uh, Wu Tang's Thirty Six Chambers. Um, I know uh, you're a massive Wu Tang fan, but what does that album actually mean to you? What, what are your memories of it? When was the kind of first time you remember hearing it and listening to it and and all that sort of stuff? Oh man, that album is just. I think I would die with a copy of that album with me <laughs> yeah and me it brings back so many memories positive memories you know just you know aside of the times back then as well just that grime yeah just the sound the sound clash the the lyrics you know it kind of had that that kind of influential rap that you were talking about before in terms of like Della Soul conscious hip hop it had that vibe as well and telling a real story yeah you know it's not that I could relate to it all the time because I wasn't slanging drugs and stuff like that but yeah, yeah. you know there was just something real about it and I think that's what really got me and it was cream you know obviously that was pretty yeah. yo MTV raps I used to sneak downstairs at midnight record some of the episodes on because they were too late for me at, at school um and just remember recording and watching that, seeing that video. Yeah. Yeah, it's just dope as well. It's just real, real hip hop, real music. And just the, then you start appreciating the players that go into it as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I think now. Yeah. And it's just incredible yeah. that mix that you real get from. And now, listening to it 20 years on, it still sounds fresh now. You know, they're talking about things waiting 20 years ago. And they're still relevant now. Absolutely, and that and that's the thing. I think that's what for me makes it such an amazing album. Like you were just saying there about the layers to it. For me, the the production element of it still is so striking and powerful. Like it really doesn't sound like anything else. And like it kind of at the time, obviously, I'm looking at it retrospectively. But when you speak to anybody in in the kind of scene at that time, or people that kind of followed the scene at that time, it really did shake things up. And and I think part of the reason for that is that the kind of um, sampling culture of hip hop really, but basically RZA's production took it up another level with this album. And I think that's one of the things that you and I have spoken about before, which is that you actually also start appreciating the other layers, which are the kind of original samples. And obviously, 
Rizzo and, and, and all of the, the members of the Wu-Tang Clan would have grown up with that 60s and 70s soul, Motown and jazz records. And that's influenced not, not just Wu-Tang, but obviously a lot of, of hip-hop production. So um, I find this album's a perfect example of that. And obviously Cream is a, a sample of the Charmels. Um, and it's, it's just so, so brilliantly done. Yeah, absolutely. So do, do you have a um, do you have a favourite song or songs from the album? Obviously, you mentioned Cream, which will, will obviously bring back positive memories. But kind of now, when you listen to it, what what kind of tracks stand out for you? I mean, always protect your neck. I think you yeah. Can go far from that, it's like another like, uh, uh, uplifting. So fame. hard, so hard. But. Um, <laughs> I think now for me as well, listening back, it's tears. Yeah. You know, it's got just such a kind of a, almost a contrasting vibe. It's just that slower pace where it's, you know, obviously everything based around the Shaolin culture. But then I think tears is, you know, if you've got the shadow boxing and everything else in, in protect your neck and everything else, tears is almost Tai Chi. Yeah. It's taking it back and it's a little bit slow, but it's still as hard hitting. In terms Absolutely. Of the punch and the, the lines at the bass when it kicks in, it's just yeah. banging. It's in, and another amazing use of a sample as well. Yeah. Um, after the laughter comes tears, it's just amazing. Amazing sample. And just, yeah, like you say, it's, it's so powerful. Just the way he's used that, um, the kind of loop is just incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Just pure fire. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely pure fire emojis whenever discussing. <laughs> um, now, I, now, I already are, I know the answer to this next question, um, but do you have a favourite member of the Wu-Tang Clan? Yeah, I'm going to shock you. <laughs> Go on. It's actually Ghostface. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, well, then this is going to change my um, running order. So, well... Why why is Ghostface your, your favourite in that sense then? Again, I think from the 36 Chambers album, when you just see Ghostface in the um hear his lyrics, that kind of rasping raspiness, just the and just the name Ghostface as well. Yeah. Now you see me now, you don't kind of thing, and it's just damn. Yeah. Just that alone is like got you curious got me interested intrigued to know a little bit more about this guy and then obviously like with tony stark and just like the marvel fan club now you know i think it's just he's banging yeah just the lines and how he kind of spits it it's almost effortless how it kind of comes out yeah and i've also had this discussion with like some of the other lads before which is that unlike a lot of rappers he's almost created like there's so much slang in everything that he says and like street dialect that there's like real layers to his rhymes because yeah. you have to kind of like, well, for me personally, anyway, I have to kind of look up what he means by certain terms. So on the surface level, they kind of mean one thing, but when you then unpack what the street meaning is and then the way he layers stuff, um, always just find like amazing. And, and that goes through all of his stuff. So even from the early Wu-Tang all the way to, through his like, you know, um, solo projects he's always yeah. got this like immense layer of slang which is for me is quite exciting because you're trying to kind of unpick what he's actually talking about um and the voice is obviously just like instant you as soon as you hear that you know this is going to be like absolute flames just hard <laughs> like it's just hard so um so that's great well 
I originally thought you were going to say the chef, Ray Kwan. And obviously, the, the two of them are so closely aligned on a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, this I, I is, guess. Yeah, this is this is why I kind of threw threw a little cur- a little curveball there because I I knew you were gonna knew you were gonna say it, but I thought, no, nah, actually, do you know why? That's that was why. But there was a reason why Chef came up, and um, it's because of his original name. His own his, his real name. Sorry. His real name's Corey. Yeah, so that always kind of like resonated with you, obviously. So that always kind of stuck with me, yeah. And so again, Ghost and his little his little rhyming partner, Ray. Yeah. It was just damn. Yeah, because just just to kind of explain to to people, the reason that that I thought you would say that is um, because unlike a lot of fans, you went a little bit further when it came to naming your kids. Obviously, it's an exciting time in anyone's life. You get to name your kids. Um, and you can kind of, you know, be creative a little bit with kind of what you call them, and and you've managed to incorporate something pretty hip hop into your kids' names, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, and thank goodness my wife's out of the room at the minute. <laughs> yeah, so but, you, yeah, go on. Just explain to us kind of what you went for and what your thought process was. So my uh, son's middle name, firstborn, um, managed to sneak in Ray. As his first, as his middle name, spelled exactly like Raekwon, R A E. Yeah, R A E, all day. Amazing. Um, but the way I sold, the way I sold it was um, there was an artist, Corinne Bailey Ray. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Around at the time, so I sold it to her as that. But I knew what it really meant, <laughs> and we all know what it really means when you look at that. <laughs> straight away. Knowing you, I'm thinking, oh, okay. This is this is clearly Raekwon, and then you didn't end there. You didn't stop there when your when your daughter was born, did you? No, no. Kind of, I carried on with the Ray connection, and uh, so the youngest one's Marae, Thea Marae. That's brilliant. And, uh, she's she's a massive um, one of my little hip hop hip hop heads. She's got the Wu Tang T shirt. Her Wu Tang name is Ott. <laughs> Perfect. He runs around the house throwing her W's up. Yeah, you can you can often hear her just kind of chanting "woo woo woo" in the background, <laughs> like, which I think is just amazing. So the indoctrination has started very early, which which I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying a lot. Perfect. Well, just to um just to change gears slightly, I just wanted to ask you um the same kind of questions that we're going to ask all of our guests and um, when they come on. But if you were a professional boxer and you're coming into the ring. And you want to get hyped? You want to get the audience going? What song are you? Uh, what song are you coming out to, Corey? I got two that I'm. I can't decide with. Well, some um, people do mashups now, don't they? So they they do yeah. like more than one track. So I'll, I'll let you have that if you wanna. If you wanna do a mashup. Okay. So I've got Rawhide, ODB. Okay, yeah, that's cool. That's just my. That's just like my tune. If I'm in a dark place, you can't <laughs> get me out of that place, and it's just there. I'm lost within thought. Just the hard grime bass, the gritty, angry kind of stringed element. It's just, yeah, damn. Just what you need. Farrow Munch, Simon Says. Yeah, just a winner. Just an absolute. As soon as that, you just hear that kind of like whatever it is, like horn. Yeah. Section, like as soon as you hear it and it just like it comes in, you you know it's just going to kick off. And like, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great one for getting people going, for sure. 
So yeah, good good selection. I, I'm down for that. You just need to become a you just need to become a professional boxer now, mate, and it'll do your dreams will come true. Um, so, and the other like question Rio. I always want to ask people is, um, if you only had one album to basically listen to for the rest of time, so basically all other albums will be kind of you know gone from the world, and you just got this one album, you can listen to it as much or as little as you like. Um, it doesn't have to be hip hop, just just any genre, and it can't be a compilation. So, what would be your what would be your choice? Oh, good That's question. a tough question, eh? That is a tough question. Um, no, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to stay true. To stay true to my woo. I thought you were gonna say Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what are you going for? Thirty-six chambers. Thirty-six chambers all, all day. Yeah, love it, mate. Love it. It's a very good choice. It's certainly high on my list. One one day, I'm sure I'll, I'll kind of answer these questions myself, but I'll, I'll keep it on the low for now. Yeah, um, cool. Just lastly, today, um, don't want to date the podcast too much, but um, we had the sad news that Craig Mack had passed away. Um, Flavour in Your Ear, to me, was just an absolute jam. And then, obviously, we had um, various remixes. I know J-Lo had a version. There was the Bad Boy remix and that sort of thing. But um, was it a, kind of a big tune for you? Do you remember much? Oh, much definitely. It's funny, because I just... I switched on iTunes earlier at lunchtime and um, it just popped up there. First first tune. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? Like, damn, even now I've just got goose pimples just thinking about it and it's just uh, crazy, yeah. crazy. It's just like the instrumental, I just think is absolute like masterstroke. And yeah. it always like, it kind of just, to me, symbolizes that the start of that kind of P. Diddy era of production when he, whatever he was touching, whether he was producing it himself or finding producers, um, he, you know, everything he was touching at that point was just turning to gold, and um, I just thought, yeah, it was just, it was just obviously quite sad news, and um, yeah, it's kind of relevant to kind of hip hop and that sort of stuff. So, just thought I could get your take on it. Okay, well, uh, um, just to wrap it up, where can people follow you um, and the Curious Boys Club on social media, mate? So we're on Instagram uh, under the underscore curious underscore boys underscore club, and Twitter at curiously being. Check us out. Check out the latest blogs and uh, stay tuned. There's going to be more lots more coming. Good stuff, mate. Well, thanks very much for your time. We're definitely going to have you um, like in, a, in the full studio set up at some point and we'll, we'll do a full episode. I'm thinking, to be honest, mate, we might actually have to do a part two to 36 Chambers anyway. So um, we'll try Ooh, and get you on for that. And, and obviously, we're only built for Cuban links. We'll definitely be one of the, the episodes. So we'll, um, we'll try and get you back for that too. Definitely, man. Definitely. Good Look stuff. Thanks ever so much, mate. I'll speak to you soon. All right, take it easy, yeah? Top man, take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I think it's pretty safe to say that Corey is a bigger Raekwon fan than you or anyone you're ever going to meet. Um, naming your kids sure. after a rapper is pretty aggressive. Um, I think a lot of people have like named pets after rappers. Like I know Kino called his dog Jigger after Jay-Z. Mm, good name. It is a good name. And um, a few other people have named their dogs and stuff and animals but naming, yeah. naming your kids I think is... you did well to get it under the radar yeah, yeah you did you don't want to yeah. be shouting that down the park do you no it's a, it's a good jigger <laughs> oh did you mean Corey getting yeah, yeah I mean... oh right oh yeah. right yeah. Yeah. that as well <laughs> both, both if anything <laughs> yeah definitely both if anything um, okay well kind of in the um, in the interview with Corey he mentions the reason that he kind of first was a big fan of Ray is because um, Raekwon's real name is Corey so obviously it's his name and he kind of had that kind of 
associated with himself, right? So, just a quick pop quiz. Uh, Gaz's dad... <laughs> quick link. Gaz's dad is called... Trevor Smith. Trevor Smith. Big Trev. Now, Big Trev shares his name with a famous rapper. So, Ricky, this one's for you. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me which one of these famous rappers, real names, is Trevor Smith? Okay? Trevor Smith. Okay. On. Is it A? Is it A? Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. The Notorious B.I.G. Is it B? Buster Rhymes. Is it C? KRS-One. Now, no Google. Pop he's quiz. Got his, he's I've got, got his... my phone. I'm on flight mode, it's all right. I'm on flight mode. I'm safe. <laughs> I'm just looking at the options. It's not easy. Okay, so um, Biggie Smalls, Buster Rhymes, or KRS-One. Trevor. Like, as a name, Trevor. It's, 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 you know. I mean, just to give you some it's background on name. the real Trevor, he's a strong fisherman, right. um, mm-hmm. supports Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Um, middle name Roy. Middle name's Roy. Legend. Um, produced two sons. Produced. <laughs> <laughs> he's a strong man. Um, so, yeah. Good fighter. Yeah, good fighter. When I went through the list, the, the one that stuck out <laughs> to me was, was KRS-One, and I think I might have just... I don't know whether to just go with that off the bat, because... You know, something in my head is saying it's like stuck in there from maybe a conversation we've had before, but maybe not. Okay, such a sensible name, though, isn't it? It is so sensible. It is so sensible. Any one of those, it's a shocker, yeah. The Smith on the back is like Biggie Smalls, real name Trevor Smith. It just doesn't sound right, does it? No. You can't, can't be doing well. I think KRS One seems like the most, he seems like the most sensible for guy. We're gonna have to push you on this, so yeah. I'm gonna Snake go Rick. for KRS One, he seems sensible. And I had an inkling when this first came out that that's who it would be. Okay, well, well, it's a good, it's a good rationale that you've approached to it. Yeah, um, I can tell you that There's you no are rationale. You are, you are, <laughs> you are wrong. Oh. I can tell you um, that Biggie Smalls is real name. It's Christopher Wallace. Okay, Wallace. Okay, KRS real oh, name. I knew that. Yeah, exactly. From the, the film, right? Yeah, so you could have ruled him out straight away. KRS One's real name is Lawrence Chris Parker. Oh, which leaves Buster Rhymes is named, even look at him, mate. named after one of the finest fishermen in mid beds, mm. Trevor Smith, Flip and a great and a great producer of sons. Absolutely, <laughs> well questionable, um, but yeah, he certainly produces sons. Um, that's for sure. Right. What's your favourite Buster Rhymes record, Bass? Um, I really like Woo Ha. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's a bit it's a bit obvious, but yeah, sure. it's just a fucking banger, mate. Yeah, it's amazing. I also like Break Your Neck. Yeah, sure. I was going to say break your neck. Myself, that would be mine. Just love the start. Yeah. Just love the, love the horrible sample. And it's also just really, um, his flow is ridiculous anyway, yeah. but that track's amazing. Yeah, sure. Okay, so let's get back into the 36 Chambers. Um, we mentioned it before we touched on the production by RZA. It's just incredible. Um, mm, yeah. So what, what do you think about the production? I mean, I, I kind of, and Corey mentioned it in his interview with us, the, the griminess of it, like the grittiness of it. And I've, kind of described it before as like it's almost like they recorded an album in one room but had the mics in the other like yeah, it's sure. like kind of like distant and dark and gloomy but what what would you kind of sum up the production mate how would you sum it up um mate i i uh love it for what it is um for sure it's uh absolutely gritty i think it's a sign of the times as well i think it's very in keeping with, with what was going on you know, in terms of hip hop, back in the back in the early nineties, um, you know, I think it was it was well needed. 
um, you know, it was in a whole new style, a whole new sound that was coming out of, of Staten Island, you know, at the time. So it was completely fresh and completely new. And, uh, you know, with, with all those things in mind, you know, I, I absolutely respect um, respect the production for, for what for yeah. what it was. It's, and like you say, you know, so raw, I think it was, was Firehouse, Firehouse production, yeah. uh, you know, which I think does what it says on the tin really it's like yeah. you know it's it's an aggressive house it's, you know just guys coming together just laying down tracks uh you know spitting bars probably spending a lot of time there it was you know it was a um you really get that whole feeling comes through on the album for me you know yeah. it's like you can feel the you can feel the rawness yeah and i think new york at that time as well like it was it wasn't a nice place like i think for us like kind of being from the uk we see New York in like movies and stuff. We kind of see the glitz and the glamour, but New York in like the early nineties, like late eighties, early nineties, was not a pleasant place, and especially like the areas that these guys were growing up in. So, when you listen to the lyrics, like nowadays, it's kind of that's just par for the course with hip hop. Like it's a lot of violence and drug talk and yeah. and those sort of things. But, but they were really living it, like. But they were living it, and I think the production, yeah. like sonically, matches what they're talking about. Like if you. This is why, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the music that's out today that's like in the hip-hop genre because the the beats don't really match the lyrics. They don't really tie up to me. Like You've got a club track and then they're talking about the kind of same subject matter. And I think what RZA's done really well in production is, is kept that element of like, this is not glamorous. Yeah, sure. This is fucking shit. Yeah. And we're telling you about it and it's like, it's dangerous out there. And I think that's what's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would agree. Um, well, obviously we um, we're talking about kind of RZA's production. Just in terms of like hip hop in general, um, Ricky and I spoke about Premier on the um, last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like the question I'd ask you, Rich, is like someone who again with no bias, like how do you think like the RZA production, which we've heard like a few tracks from earlier, that's kind of quite raw and very like loose. How would you compare and contrast that to like Premier's production? So it's a very hard question. I'm putting you on the mm. spot a little bit, but from an outsider, do you kind of feel like one is smooth and one is rough in simple terms? I think one is more the the. I feel like from what I've listened to, the bass is stronger on premier stuff. Yeah. Um, and if that's if that's a theme throughout RZA's stuff, it's more yeah. choppy. There's more. Yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, then yeah, uh, th- that's what I take from what I've heard. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, Primo, Primo has a strong DJ yeah. background as well. So oh, a lot okay. of scratching and stuff like in Primo's production, yeah. you know, just, which is quite cool. Um, we've we've we heard him live, mate, didn't we? Yeah, amazing. amazing. Yeah, such a good DJ, and uh, you know they're they're contrasting in that way. Yeah, no, definitely. Mm. And I think it's interesting that you said the reason you like Premier's production is that it kind of like that rhythmic element of it that's kind of smooth. Yeah. And it is really interesting that Rizzo's is just complete opposite to that. But so it's a bit more noisier, a bit more stuff going on. Definitely. It? Sure, yeah. It's a lot oh, yeah. more messy by design. I call it, I yeah. call, I call it clumpy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know where that word comes from, but it is. It's, it's fair, yeah. It's not, it's not, not taking anything away from it, but it is. It's just almost like you know quite like mashed quite mashed together which i love yeah you know, i same. love that it's not it's unpredictable you know, isn't it's it? raw and it's supposed to be that way it yeah. makes sense yeah. it yeah. totally makes sense whereas yeah in contrast like premier like i think you said it perfectly which is like he kind of keeps his formations of his beats like kind of quite similar it's almost yeah, like really. very loopy and very yeah, yeah. consistent and rizzo's is the polar opposite mm-hmm. of that it's yeah. fucking all over the place yeah. but it's like you said guys that's what makes it amazing yeah um so where do you think he ranks in like hip-hop producers 
you know, if you've got like the likes of Preem and Pete Rock and like more modern times like Kanye, people like this, like what he's for me, like he's certainly. If you think about the 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 sampling culture, of like more modern times, the likes of Kanye and mm-hmm. his production, mm-hmm. I don't think that happens without RZA. Sure. Because I think RZA really took that sampling culture to another level. Sure. Yeah. Um. So for me, he'd be like he'd be de- certainly in a top ten, definite. Yeah, for me too. I mean, I would I would definitely say top ten. Um, he he's he's definitely he's definitely up there. I mean, you know, he's 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 hip hop royalty as far as production's yeah, concerned. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, he made his own style. He made it. You know, he made his own crew. You know, obviously, he, he was the founder of yeah, he yeah. was the founder of the Wu Tang. Yeah. You know, and and you know, he made his own style um, from Staten Island as well, which I think is is pretty unique. Before. Before the Wu Tang, there wasn't really much coming from Staten no, Island nothing, at the time, basically. like bits and pieces, but not really, not really much. And then he, you know, he made this, and like I said, like I said, he had this clumpy, clumsy style as well, um, which which I love, um, particularly if it, if I'm in the right sort of mood for it. Um, it's not really an album that I listen to on the way to on the way to work, for example, sure. like turning up at the office in Cambridge, like my suit. <laughs> Like basically, sure. like running in, screaming, like killer bees on on the attack. So it's like that doesn't really work. But I've got to be in the right mood to listen to it. That's the point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, no, I totally agree. And do you so have a, um, just to kind of keep keeping the flow going? Do you have like a favorite lyric or verse? I mean, so for for me, like the first verse, cream, like Raekwon. Yeah, Raekwon. That lyric is just so so famous. But also really like um, RZA, when it's like. Um, you turn the other cheek and I'll break your fucking chin. Yeah, it's it's so simple, like it's such a simple. It's just horrible like, premise, it's scary, isn't it? but it's, it's like, like the way he delivers the line <laughs> is so punchy. Yeah, and it's just so clever, like the idea of like the the phrase "turn the other cheek" and then just breaking your chin as a result of doing yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just to me, it's just so simple. It's one line, one liner, but mm. it always stuck with me. Like turn the other cheek and I'll break your fucking chin. Sure. Yeah, it's amazing. I, love I think that. I think Raekwon the chef um, on Cream Mate, and you know, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Wu Tang track, yeah. let alone on this album. But you know, I like the lyric where uh, I think it's about halfway through the through the through the entire verse. He says, um, "My life got no better. Same damn low sweater." Times rough and tough like leather. Um, figured out I went the wrong route, oh, yeah. route American route. Um, <laughs> so I got with a sick ass click and went all, all out. out. It's just the best. It's fucking amazing. It's just like, to me, it just sums yeah. sums it sums it up. You know, yeah. it sums Wu Tang up, and you know, from again from where he's from, where they wanted to go. Um, for me, it's just a great lyric. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That that verse, the first verse of Cream, is just fucking masterpiece levels. It is. It's amazing. It's a legendary verse. Okay, well, look, I'm gonna gonna change course again. I want to bring something a little light in, but keep it kind of Wu Tang related. So I've got a scenario for both of you boys. Um, okay, so ODB, here we go. ODB back from the dead. Yeah, so he's reincarnated back to like as as if he was alive now. So he'd be what a forty fifty year old man. Sure. Ghostface Killer and Method Man, right? So those three members, you've got to kill one. One becomes your best friend, and the other one has to sleep with your missus. Pretty hard to kill ODB, isn't it? <laughs> it is. He's, he's like, oh, I'm back. I'm back. And it's like, Boom. see you, motherfucker. 
Well, um, I've thought about this. Oh. I've, oh. Given, I've given this a lot of thought, and oh. I am going to kill ODB. Fuck, he's and lost the, it. And the reason why that is is probably because he, he probably, I'd imagine he quite likes hell, to be honest. I imagine probably, he, yeah. I, I imagine he's probably quite enjoying it. And the other, the, other reason why, <laughs> the other reason why I said that is because the other two are still alive, and I'm not going to start dishing out. I know, oh, we've, yeah. I know we've not got many followers at the moment. Sure. I'm not going to start dishing out death threats. That's a good answer. To either Ghostface <laughs> or oh, yeah. Method Man. Well, on the off chance that uh, Method Man or Ghostface listen, in fact... Even if ODB is back from the dead and sure. listening to this, um, we don't mean it. It's just a hypothetical. Sure, Please sure. don't find us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kill ODB. I love you, ODB, but sorry, mate, you're going back to hell. Bang. Um, Ghost Ghostface Killer is gonna be my best mate. Um, why? Because I'm Ooh. looking for an MC at the moment. Oh, um, savage. Because I'm oh, DJing again. So I'm sorry, Bass, but you know, Ghostface oh, Killer, MC Johnny B. It's not like you know. So. Ghostface, if you're listening, um, I'm in Stevenage, mate. Hook me up. Um, so so um, uh, that that leaves Big Cliff, Clifford, um, Method Man. Um, you can have my you can have my wifey. Oh, um, savage! Your and, favorite your favorite member of Wu Tang gets to peace out your but, wife. But again, I've, I've <laughs> thought tragic. about this because if he's if he's better in bed than me, which is highly likely, by the way. Sure, um, he's experienced. Yeah, sure. Um, and they they kind of fall in love with each other. His surname is Smith. He's Clifford Smith, so she doesn't have to change her name. So you're thinking of your wife in a lot of ways. Logistics. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. That's fellow, paperwork. Fellow, uh, fellow smudger. Yeah. That is really kind. Big Cliff. Big Cliff. So, so, Cliff dog. So yeah. that's my, my reasoning. It's good. Strong, strong reasoning. Ricky, yeah. what, well, what mean, are you saying, mate? I'm going to compete with that. I've clearly not thought about this enough. Um, <laughs> the ODB, sending ODB back to hell... It's swayed me a little bit Ooh. with my initial outrage at the idea, <laughs> um, but I don't. I don't know if I can do that. Um, how old is How old is Ghostface? Uh, nothing, man. They, mu- they, they must be, be the late forties. Yeah, they've got to be forties. Late forties. I think um, Method Man. I'm gonna have to go as as my best friend. Ah, because he shakes has his missus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say he's your favorite. He's your favorite, like. Guy from the Wu Tang, right? Yeah, so, and he's he's also a trip. I have something about him. He's also a great actor, like we said okay. earlier. So yeah. you know, he's cool to be around. He was in the Wire. Imagine yeah. talking to him about the Wire. That's yeah. true, actually. That is true. That would be very cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that's solo then for me. Okay, so Method Man's your Method best Man's pal. Best man. That means okay. either Ghostface or ODB. Um, <laughs> <laughs> having full sex with your wife. Just say ODB because it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. Yeah, it's ODB. ODB. It's gotta be ODB. But, yeah. <laughs> Ghostface, you said he was. He's, he's, his lyrics are quite uh, provocative about know. women. Yeah, I'm not having that. Oh, just kidding. So, okay, so <laughs> not ins- really. So instead, of, so instead of the misogyny, you've inflicted a crack addict on your wife instead. That's yeah. much more feminist. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's perfect. Enjoy it. Perfect. You okay. Enjoy it. Imagine so, sex face. Imagine ODB sex face. Oh, the thought of that is is quite harrowing well, to be honest. Your missus oh, yeah. is going to see it, mate. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good point yeah we'll, we'll ask Collie how, how it is oh great okay boys well look um, at the end of um, each episode kind of going forward what I want to try and do is, is kind of rank these albums so we have kind of like a league table so obviously this is the first one so 36 Chambers goes straight to the top of the table but each week basically like Top Gear is cool but, so but cooler so you're, more you're the Jeremy Clarkson of, of, of hip hop well I'll take that because that makes you Hammond your mug so <laughs> fine or mate no you can be mate Rich Oh, thanks. <laughs> He's cool. You just yeah, you just need the foppish hair and uh, like mm. annoying and lack personality. of any sense of boot fit jeans. Coolness. Yeah, horrible shirts. 
Um, oh no, you've got those. <laughs> yeah, I've done it on all accounts. <laughs> oh no, just just playing Wrong something here. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna try and do like a league table, all this cool wall shit, um, and then what we'll do is each episode we'll basically reassess. And we're going to create the ultimate classic hip hop album league table, basically. Um, so yeah, going forward, that that will be there, and um, so we'll, we'll obviously kind of discuss that next week. So at the moment, thirty six chambers number one league, top of the league. Um, we're also going to be adding all the songs that we talk about um, and feature in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you should find it. Um, I'll tweet the link out anyway as well. So that will again build up. So eventually it'll be like the ultimate hip hop playlist is the idea. Sure. Um, just before we go, I want to ask a couple of questions. First of all, if you had to lose one track from the album. <sighs> Fucking hell. Well, you said to me one earlier. Yeah. Um, can't remember. Can it all be so can simple? It all be so, can it all be so simple? Yeah, I would. Why don't you like that? It's just... I mean, I'm it, not a big fan of it either, but it, I'm just it, curious. It just... I don't know. It... It's just a bit. It just flies in the face of all the other records on the on the on the album. It's yeah. just a bit too clumpy. It's a bit what... too slow. Yeah. And, don't get me wrong. Like I think, I think it has its it has its place. But to be honest with you, it just kind of, it just reminds me of like I don't know. Like I imagine it's like what a, what crack addict and stuff is is like. Listen to it. <laughs> yeah. It's just got some. It's just really dark, like horrible yeah. meaning, like almost too much. It's yeah. a bit too. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a massive fan of it. It does. It doesn't make me feel anywhere near good. Same like, for me. It, it kind of. It does. Um, it's the only thing on the album where it kind of like loses the momentum. Basically, that's yeah. the one thing that I find about it. That's a little bit like. Yeah. Oh, I wish that kind of wasn't going that way. But um, okay. Well, just before we before we go, I want to kind of um, ask you the same questions that I've asked everyone that we've that we speak to on the podcast, Gaz. Mm. Um, so I asked Rich this, and he, and he obviously gave us a few different answers on boxing walk on music. So you're a boxer. You're coming out world title fight. And what like light featherweight is that mm. your weight? Sure, <laughs> probably. Um, probably. <laughs> you're coming out. Um, you're coming out, and they they say to you, "What music do you want? What are you picking, mate?" Um, it's a, it's a toughie. It's a toughie. Um, S Club Seven is that allowed? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, mate, half a second now. I thought that was serious. Just no, like, no. just to try Reach and like, up to the yeah, yeah, just like mug off your opponent. Just like play some <laughs> utter shit. Horrible. No, no. It would be something horrendously um, aggressive to me. Uh, UK music. Um, Dizzy Rascal, respect me from his second album. Oh, that's great. Uh, show, t- show time because I'm I'm hoping we do some UK stuff. By the way, mate. Yeah, we will, but, mate. We will. But for me, that is just like one of the most aggressive things I've ever heard, and probably even just the instrumental. It's that Wiley yeah. production, and uh, for me, I just love that. Yeah. Um, shout out to Wiley, by the way. Yeah, legend. MBA. MBA. What era? Congratulations. Yeah, we're definitely um, just yeah. Just so everyone's clear, we're, we're obviously going to be focusing on hip hop albums. Um, but we'll also do some like bonus episodes, some specials about other genres. We want to do quite a bit on the kind of garage scene, the grime scene and stuff like that. So there'll be loads of episodes, hopefully a bit for everybody, but um, the core focus kind of going through will be just us reviewing different albums and talking about stuff and, and giving it a bit of a focus, basically. Um, okay, so one more, Gaz. Um, you've only got one album that you can listen to. Yeah. So you go about your normal life, but you just yeah. can't hear music except for this one album. It can't be a compilation, sure. can't be a great greatest hits. Oh man, that was I was so close to uh, to saying a compilation. Yeah, a Chris Biscuit, Heartless Crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you. no. I'm not. I am, as you, as you know, Matt. I'm on, I'm back um, back DJing at the moment. Yeah, um, and I'm pretty much on a on a UK thing at the moment because my my love I love is um, 
uh, garage. So I'm DJing a lot of garage at the moment. So yeah. to be fair, I think if you ask me this question again on another podcast, I'd give a different answer. But yeah. Right, but right sure. now, um, I, I would I would just have to say original pirate material by the streets. Yeah, it's mm. so good. Because it's just it's a great show. Just for wow. me, it's just it's just everything. Um, you know, 2002. Um, I was like 17, 18 years old. You know, down South End again in the Corsa. Yeah, <laughs> it's got two shout outs the Corsa. Um, or Paddy's Paddy's bedroom in West yeah. Um So basically, it's like it's just a great, great album to to listen to for me. It just takes me back, and you know, every time I listen to it, you know, it kind of it's uh, got bangers as well, mate. It's great. So you you didn't bangers. like it at first. No, I liked it. It was Carl that didn't like that it. That was it. Yeah, and he was like mugging it, it off, going, "Well, why is he just talking over it? He's not rapping." I'm like, "That's just his style. It's like really original. Like mm. he's it's a completely different flow to anyone else." Totally. Yeah. We were banging on about how good it was, and he was just like. No, he's not rapping. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming with something completely yeah. different then, wasn't he? Yeah, and now he's a teacher, so that makes sense. Sure. Shout out to Carl, MC Ruff. Um, okay, well, look, um, just want to give a special mention, just before we kind of wrap up the pod. Um, our close friend, our American friend, he's now living in the States, Richard Alexander, um, he's actually taking part in a charity bike ride for a charity called Best Buddies. Um, it actually raises money for people with learning difficulties, helps them to gain friends, um, improves their communication skills and it assists them in finding work, etc. And sounds like a great charity. Rich is trying to raise uh, $5,000, so quite a lot. Um, so please sponsor just him. fund it himself. He should just fund it himself. He's got, he's, got loads, he's got loads of money. He's got loads of, ca- <laughs> he's got loads of cash. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. In terms of encouraging people to yeah. give money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's got loads of money, but he needs you to sponsor him. Um, but think of the kids. That's, you know, always the answer to that. Think of the kids. Um, I'll tweet out the link um, for his sponsorship page so you can actually donate the money. But in a serious note, it's a really good charity. Yeah, and well done, um, if you actually ever met rich the idea of him doing like any endurance yeah doesn't make sense does i it? mean the man eats more emodium than squirrels eat nuts yes <laughs> because he's just constantly going to shit himself so him on a bike like doing long distance it's going to get messy yeah just bring the dirolite ricky that's what i would say um, not you, Ricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Ricky. We've got two. I mean, Ricky. I can bring the diary light for you. You bring the diary light. I'll be part of his team. He'll be in America, so. Yeah. Perfect. Free flight. Should be fine. Should be fine. Well, look. Um, this good has luck, been, Rich. This has been, yeah, well. good luck, Rich. And um, <clears throat> yeah, please please sponsor him. Like I said, we'll put the tweet out with the, the link, so please make sure you're doing that. Um, best place to kind of follow us um, is Twitter, at Notorious P underscore O underscore D. And we broadcast um, our podcast basically through an app called Anchor. Um, you can also follow us on there. Um, it's a really good app anyway. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, definitely look at Anchor. And you can find us at anchor.fm forward slash Notorious P-O-D. And basically, anywhere you get your podcasts from, so Apple um, and all these other ones you can get it from, just search the Notorious P.O.D. Um, yeah, so this has been the first episode. We're going to let you know when the next ones are out. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Gaz, thanks very much for joining Thank us. Thank you, mate. Man. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Um, we're now going to go out and get really pissed, aren't we? Um, which should be a laugh. Yeah, can't wait. Um, anything to get out of this freezing cold out, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's probably, it's probably warmer, warmer outside, outside in the snow, yeah, true. <laughs> and Rich, what have you got planned for the rest of this weekend, mate? I don't know, mate. I don't know. Uh, saving the planet? Just Yeah, just saving the planet slowly. Got a, got a few app ideas I need to work on. Oh, what what were you doing? I was going to ask you this right at the top of the podcast. Oh, yeah, Rich, yeah. Rich is such a nice man that he invests his time, like every other Saturday, I think it is, to go and help old people learn to use computers. Um, but you come back yeah, today back to a little bit dejected, didn't you, mate? A little bit. It's just it's five weeks in, so it's every week. And okay. um, the guy, the, the 
guy, I forget his name, but he... he no, let's call him Norman. Can we call Norman. him, yeah. Or Norman, that's a good old man. Noel. Noel. Noel, yeah, Noel. Um, first, first thing we do, right, sign into your Gmail account. And he goes, oh, okay, how, how do I get started then? I say, oh, just open up your browser. And he says, what's a browser? <laughs> Five weeks in. Five weeks in. <laughs> Come on, Neil. <laughs> No, 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 Norman, no, 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 Neil. Just learn. Norman, no. So that was a bit uh, disappointing. Yeah, yeah bless okay. him. Old fellas, old fellas. Yeah, yeah. he's Got trying. He, he'll get there. He'll get sure. there. Well, good luck to Norman, Noel, Neil, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, and thanks everyone for listening. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us and get ready for the next episode. Looking forward to it. Peace. <laughs>